Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartinized. Wait, 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 wait. Stop the presses. There is nothing in this episode to get you smartinized. This is a bonus episode of Quick Hits. Nothing more than a silly story about the oldest joke in the world and a chance to read some listener email. It was a Saturday night, and our improv troupe had just finished a show. We always like to go out afterwards and have a snack and a few beers to unwind. And one of the actors said, I'm going to take you to a place that I used to go to when I was drinking. So we walked past the bar where we usually go, walked down a city block, and then another block, and then another, turned right, and and there, in the middle of the block, was a sign for the Palais Royale. We walked in and, well, I'm six foot four and weigh 280 pounds and calling this place the Palais Royale would be like calling me Squirt. This was a dive bar. This was the kind of bar where the first thing that crosses your mind when you cross the threshold is, I'm only drinking beer from a bottle and I want to see them take the cap off. The barmaid was slightly larger and heavier than the broken jukebox off to one side, and although the hair on the top of her head was greasy, the hair on her face was done into a nicely bleached little Fu Manchu, so we ordered our beers and headed into the back room. The first thing that I saw there was a pinball machine. Now, I've been playing pinball ever since I was a little kid. In fact, when I started playing, it was ten cents a game, three games for a quarter, five balls per game. I didn't mind when it went up to a quarter a game because the machines were a lot more sophisticated and a lot more fun to play. But somewhere along the line, somebody decided that it should only be three balls per game, and most all pinball machines only gave you three balls, and that's just wrong. Pinball is supposed to have five balls per game. It says that right in the Bible, right there in the Book of Dave. Now, occasionally... I would find a pinball machine that gave you five balls per game, and I would sit there and pump quarters into it for an hour. I would be really happy. But I hadn't seen any of those in a very, very long time, probably six or seven years. So when I looked at this pinball machine and saw that it was 25 cents a game, five balls per game, I was thrilled. I was delighted. So I went out to Jabba the barmaid and got a handful of quarters came back and pumped him into the machine and said, Come on, guys, let's play some pinball. This was a Dolly Parton pinball machine. On the glass on the back, it said copyright 1979, and it was evident that this machine hadn't been serviced since it was new. We pulled back the plunger and let the ball fly. The bumpers bounced around the way that they should, but the sound was all messed up. There was no high end. There were no bells or whistles or bings or boings. Instead, everything was a low end rumble. And so every time the ball hit a bumper or a pin, every time that it was supposed to make a noise, it farted at you. All you got was... <laughs> this amused us to no end. We sat there playing this thing, and the farts got louder, and we would sometimes lose the ball because we were laughing so hard. And when that happened, and the bonuses started tallying up, 
You got this huge, long series of farts. It sounded like a bunch of nudists sitting on a marble table a half an hour after the cabbage eating contest. We were laughing really hard. We were having a really great time because, folks, I don't care how sophisticated you are, farts are funny. They're the oldest joke in the world. Back before language was developed, when cavemen were sitting around the campfire, one of them would fart and all the rest of them would laugh. And we know this because we have some recordings from back then. They're kind of scratchy, but you can make out what's going on. So I think it's built right into our DNA to find farts hilarious because there's really no other reason that they should be so entertaining and so amusing. Now, you may think that you're too fancy, you're too sophisticated for that, but I'll tell you, if you don't laugh at least occasionally at a fart, then you're a tight ass. And if you're a tight ass, your farts sound even funnier. We played this game for quite a while, and then we took a good look at the design of the machine, at the artwork that was on the glass. As I said, it was a Dolly Parton pinball machine, and the picture of it is in this MP3 file, if your software will let you see that, or you can go to the website, I'll give you the address in a little bit, and you can see it in the show notes. But the picture was Dolly Parton leaning forward just slightly with her knees bent. She had a microphone in one hand, and the other hand extended behind her with her index finger pointing as if she were singing the hit song, Pull My Finger. The windows that the score showed through were surrounded by stars, and the placement of the stars on the window down in the lower left-hand corner made it look like Dolly was farting stars. Which makes sense. I mean, Dolly is a huge star. I guess her fart should be star-shaped. And after looking at it for a while, we also noticed that the entire silhouette of Dolly Parton was encased in a pink flame. I wish I could invite you to the Palais Royale. It's almost worth a trip to Albany just for that, just to play this pinball game. But unfortunately, about six months after this happened, the Palais Royale closed after being in business for 30 or 40 years. I'm guessing that the assets were probably sold off, and whoever got a hold of the pinball machine was probably delighted to have this vintage toy, but they probably made the grave error of fixing it. And now the machine probably plays with all the bells and the whistles and the beeps and the boops, and the collector, who lovingly restored it, didn't realize that he had destroyed a machine that was unique in all the universe, the one and only Farton Dolly Parton. I don't get an enormous amount of email from this podcast, and I do appreciate every piece that comes in. Getting email turns this from a one-way communication to a two-way communication, so I'd like to encourage folks to write in and send in their email. Also, there is a voicemail place that you can call, uh, 206-203-4488, and you can leave a voicemail there if you like. And I'm going to be doing these bonus shows from time to time when I'm going to be reading some email, and if I get any interesting voicemail, playing that as well. So I'm only going to read a few of the emails that I got. I got quite a few of them for the What Year Is This podcast that struck a chord with a lot of people. Here's one from uh, Chris Ballard up in Canada. He writes, 
I just subscribed to your podcast yesterday, and I listened to the Intelligent Creation episode. In around three minutes, you absolutely nailed the bane of my existence in the most succinct way I have ever heard, and you also managed to make me piss my pants laughing as well. I am a geologist, and therefore I'm trained to believe in, wait for it, science. It's funny, because I've referred to IC supporters as fucking idiots on occasion. Seriously. Excerpts of this episode should become the motto of all that are sane. Nice work. Well, thanks, Chris. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Here's one from a Brian Lucas who writes, Thank you! Your podcast, What Year Is This?, was brilliant. I so wish we could implement the FI designation for real. I don't always agree with your positions. For example, your four lefties casts are crap. But on social issues, you can be so dead on right. Keep up the good work. I find that a lot of the email I get tells me that I'm right about half of the things and wrong about the other half of the things that I say. Most of them don't specify, but the ones that do tend to disagree on which half I'm wrong on, which is good. It means that people are thinking about things and that this show isn't subscribing to any one particular line of dogma. And in closing, this one is my favorite so far. In fact, I think this is my favorite of all the email that I've received. Hi, Dave. I just finished listening to the last 10 or so of your podcasts, found you via Derek's recommendation on skepticality, and wanted to let you know that I quite enjoyed them. It turns out that I nod my head at around 50% of what you say and shake it at the other half, which is a good workout for both my critical facilities and my neck muscles. Cheers, Brent. Well, thanks, Brent. Glad that you're amused. If you'd like to get your email read, just send some in. The address is hitman at davehit.com with two T's on either side of the A. But don't kill yourself trying to figure that out. Just go to the MP3 tags in this file and you'll find it there. You can also go to davehit.com, also spelled with two T's, and you'll find spots there where you can leave me an email and also other things there that might amuse and amaze you. I'd also like to encourage all you podcasters out there to participate in the Podcast Peer Awards. This is something that we're trying to do to create a really cool award to recognize good podcasters. And if you go to podcastpeers.org, you'll find all the information there for it. Hey, thanks for listening, and the next episode of Quick Hits will get you smartenized. That, I can promise you.